Welcome to The Washed Process, a podcast where we get into the things of life, faith, creativity, and transformation all over great cups of coffee. I'm one of your hosts, Carter Moore, and with me as always is my partner in crime, Kenny G. What's going on, man? Kenny, it has been a minute. It's been a long time. Yeah. It's been a while. Yeah. We finished up season one in, I think we put out our last episode like in September, if I remember right. Yeah, I think so. September, wow. Yeah, I guess that's what, four-ish months ago, five-ish months ago, we're recording this right now, right at the end of the year, uh, kind of doing our, nor- our I was going to say normal, but it's the first end of the year recap that we've <laughs> ever done. So uh, yeah, but, here but we you, are. You kind of do a recap every year anyway. We end up talking about the best coffees that you've had. And this is one of the reasons I love you so much. You um, are such a coffee head that you tell everybody how nerdy you are. You keep a list, like a running tally of all the coffees you drink every year? Does that include the Folgers at the hotel lobby or how, how deep do you go with this? You know, it does not include the Folgers at the hotel lobby. I should have. Uh, I it, Typically, it only includes the bags of beans that I buy and bring home to me or that are gifted to me. Sure. Anything that I have at a coffee shop, I don't really monitor. Anything that I have at a guest house or hotel, i.e. the Folgers in the Pendleton oh, yeah. Hotel. Um, I usually don't record those, but I should, yeah, you would, you wouldn't want to go overboard. Yeah, go that's crazy. too much. It's too much. <laughs> I don't, I don't have, I have one Excel doc and it's a local save on my computer and I don't always bring that computer with me. That's so funny. So how long have you been doing this? Uh, I guess this is just my second year cataloging everything. Yeah. And you keep the bags. You physically have the bags. I don't anymore. I basically save them for the entire year and then I catalog them all in one night when my wife tells me to get rid of all these bags and then <laughs> I go through each of them one by one and right. I catalog them. But when I finish a bag of coffee, I usually write the date that I finished, the rating that I give it and how I brewed it, whether that's a drip or espresso or whatever. Sure. And you rate one out of five, one out of 10. What's your rating system? Yeah. One out of 10. I usually do half and quarter ratings as well. So Last you do year, quarter I think, ratings. Yeah, so like a nine point two five or like an eight point seven five, things like that. Wow, I'm I didn't I didn't know about the quarter rating until this moment on air right now. Um, so you're really rating these things out of like a hundred. I'm rating them out of yeah, essentially, or out of ten, out of no, one. No, if you're doing a point two five. <laughs> You really have increased the, okay. All right. We're getting precise here. That's what I like to hear. I, this is, this is the first time for me to reminisce on my coffee drinking throughout the year. Um, and to, to rate some of them, uh, we've decided to go with the top three. So for those of you who are hearing the first 10 seconds, thinking this is going to be a six hour podcast of Carter's, um, uh, intense point system for all his coffees this year, we're only going to give our top three. Is that right? Of the year. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do top three. And then I, you know, We've obviously drink a lot of coffee on this show. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be cool to kind of reflect back on the show as we've had it this year. Totally. And um, but yeah, these coffees they don't have to be ones that we've covered here. They can be, they might be, but let's get into the top three. Yeah, I mean, we are drinking coffee right now, so you want to talk about that first? Sure. I'm drinking, and so we kicked off the season, and I drink a coffee from a company called White Label Coffee Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, they. Shout out to them, have helped us in the past uh, create some custom bags that we may or may not be releasing in the future. But <laughs> I'm drinking one of the coffees from them. Uh, it is an Ethiopia. It is a washed process 
uh, notes of sparkling acidity and honeysuckle. I'm not necessarily getting that myself this morning, but I think before we started recording, I told you that my palate has gone to crap and I can't really taste anything this morning. <laughs> so uh, right now, though, that's what I'm drinking in a new mug that my wife got me for Christmas. It is a double wall, beautiful glass mug. Wow, and, that is uh, really cool. Yeah, it's really nice. I have one that's similar um, in amber color, but um, this kind of makes a nice little pair. So I'm drinking so, that this morning. Uh, how did you prepare Chemex. Okay. Yeah, Chemex, uh, typical, just 30 to 500 sort of kind of output. Um, yeah, it's delicious. It's off cool. I brewed it at 205, knowing that uh, 205 degrees, knowing that I would be waiting a little bit to drink it. So, Perfect. Kenny, what are you what are you sipping on? So um, there's a great roaster here in town in Kansas City called uh, Prefix. They have coffee shops, but they also roast coffee. Um, Prefix Coffee uh, actually has a coffee shop at both the International House of Prayer um, main campus and the uh, university campus here in Kansas City. So it's one that's pretty close to my house, and I'll stop by there from time to time. Um, But they have a Columbia that I'm drinking right now, which has some like bright cherry notes. So it's really Mm -hmm. heavy on the cherry. I'm not, I'm still undecided on it. But what I did is I did an AeroPress. did an AeroPress with the Prismo nozzle. So I've been really messing around with, with faux espresso lately. So, faux espresso. Uh, <laughs> well, because, you know, you can't really get a full nine bars uh, with anything but an espresso machine in terms of pressure to push the coffee or the water through the coffee. But um, with the Prismo attachment, which is a fellow, uh, I'm a, I, you know, I'm a big fellow stand because I've got their, their uh, grinder. They, um, but they have an attachment for the AeroPress that has a, a nozzle at the very end of it. And it, um, it really, when you press down, it, it increases it to almost two bars of pressure. So you, you do get some kind of uh, crema-ish thing. And it's a, a metal mesh filter. So the, all the oils stay in instead of being taken out for, from the filter. So you get something that's a small, intense kind of coffee. And I've, uh, I made an Americano or a faux Americano from it. Um, so I add, um, you do 20 grams of coffee to 80 grams of water. So, um, it's a four to one. And then after about a minute and a half, you press it through and then I'll add about 80 grams of water as well to it, uh, to make an Americano. So it's really good. Um, you definitely get a different flavor profile from the coffee that you're using. This one, like I said, has a lot of cherry. And when I've made it on a Chemex, it tends towards almost like cherry cough syrup. And I was trying to get mm-hmm. something that was different than that taste. Cause I'm not a huge fan of cough syrup. Who is? little Wayne. Um, this, but it's still bright and it's still got some good acidity. And, um, I, so I, I like it. I think that I, I probably will end up staying away from coffees that have a tasting note of cherry. I'm not, I'm not enjoying this as much as I thought I would, but usually prefix delivers pretty well. I just wanted to try it on a, uh, AeroPress to see if there was any, any difference there. So huge shout out to that. AeroPress and the, and the Prismo attachment. I, I've been really getting, I, I even got a latte the other day that like, I was like, Oh, this tastes like like a latte, like a real one. It was really cool. So that's um, awesome. So if you're in the market for uh, not a five thousand dollar machine to put in your house, uh, you want to just spend a couple, <laughs> a couple, <laughs> couple bucks on a Prismo attachment. That's the way to go. Anyway, I'm really enjoying it. This will not crack the top ten though. Uh, although I have not studiously logged my coffees like other people on this podcast have. Well, that's awesome. <clears throat> that's okay. I, you know, most of my coffees this year, what I've ranked. I'm looking at it right now. I don't really have anything that goes below a six out of 10. So most of what I drank over the That's years, great. actually fairly high. 
Um, at least I would rate it really high. <laughs> so, All right, um, Kenny. yeah, go for it. Tell me your, tell me your number three. Yeah. Okay. Coming in at number three, uh, this is going to be a surprising answer, uh, based on how pretentious we are, or at least we presume to be. Um, but, uh, something cool happened uh, a few weeks ago. I got a call from a friend here in Kansas city. He said that a friend of a friend was gifted some coffee and, uh, didn't know what to do with it. Didn't really like coffee that much. And so he comes to me with this bag or this box of four different bags of coffee. And they had all been aged in different barrels of, uh, of like, uh, li- liquors, whether it's, there was a rum one, there was a, uh, um, I think there was a scotch, there was a whiskey, there was a, so there's a handful of different, um, a rye whiskey as well, uh, barrels that these coffees were aged in. Now, normally I'm not the kind of person, uh, this is why the pretentious thing is coming in, not the kind of person that wants to, um, add flavors to coffee. Like I'm not the chicory guy. I just, that's not my, up my alley. Some people might love it. That's just not my thing. Hazelnuts roasted in coffee. I, I kind of stay away from that. I really enjoy the idea of trying to taste the, uh, the country of origin in the coffee. That's a, that's a fun thing for me, uh, that I really enjoy. But this guy just had four bags of coffee and said, Hey, do you want to taste them? So reached out to a friend of mine who uh, is the owner and uh, manager of a coffee shop here in town called Revo Cup. And uh, Revo Cup, his name's Michael. I was like, hey, dude, a friend of a friend, a bunch of coffees. Would you mind setting up a tasting for us? So we went over to his, to his spot and uh, mid after mid morning, he just uh, broke out a bunch of clever brewers. And we just put them each in the clever brewer and we spent some time drinking them. And by and large, it's, it's kind of what you think. It's like there's coffee and then there's this, um, added taste of, uh, okay. What is that? So weird. Is that whiskey? Is that, is that bourbon? Um, but I will, I will tell you what, one of them came through and actually ended up being in a amazing, uh, coffee. And it was the rye whiskey barrel aged coffee from Cooper's cask coffee. It's what their, that's their whole shtick is they, they roast it in the cask, but it's called Cooper's cask coffee. And, um, they had an Ethiopia single origin Ethiopia, uh, that was aged in a rye whiskey barrel. And I'll tell you what, it was really good. It was mm. really good. Um, it delivered part of it is maybe the experience, you know, I'm a very experienced guy. And so we're there we're the, we're taking over the coffee shop. We've, you know, we've paired it with some of their pastries. Um, but, uh, the, but even if you take all the romance out of it, which for me, that's a romantic thing, whatever, but, <laughs> but if you even take all that, the, those stories out of it, um, it was really solid coffee. It was a, you know, medium light roast. Um, and it just delivered. It was the, it was a really good pairing of the, um, the kind of natural uh, terroir of where the coffee comes from and this added flavor profile of rye whiskey. Um, so here I am adding a, f- you know, quote unquote flavored coffee to my list, but uh, it was definitely one of the most memorable and honestly it cracked, it, it, it cracked into this top five list for me of, of really, really exceptional coffees. So um, I can't recommend all of them. There were a couple of them that I thought uh, kind of laid flat or were too influenced by the, the barrel that they were in, but the rye whiskey um, is from Ethiopia. This is uh, it's called Cooper's cask coffee and uh, really enjoyed it. So, so kind of surprise came out of left field on that one, but, but that's the one I loved. What about you? What's number three? Yeah, no, number three. Um, I'm really glad you shared that too. I mean, we, 
we tried a flavored ish coffee this year um on the podcast if you remember too with Talk- joshua kissy yeah we had the uh was like a pineapple washed i think mm-hmm. which was also good uh check that out if you haven't listened to that episode uh number three so number three is actually one of the coffees that we had on the show uh for me it was the coffee we featured in our episode with propaganda and it is a mixture of two ethiopians both natural from tulip house which is based in southern california tulip house great coffee uh the coffee just i i'm a naturals guy it stands out to me uh, i was really really flavorful it was something that i think back to over and over and i also think the company the roaster it's just like a mysterious kind of company that doesn't want to be found or doesn't want to be known, especially online. And I kind of like that. They're really seeming to be focused on local community, local things that they're doing and not so much elsewhere. And I kind of dig that. Uh, I do wish that they had more of their stuff available easier so I could get it more frequently. Uh, but yeah, so number three is a, it's an Ethiopia mixture of two Ethiopias, Yurga Chef and Guji from Tulip House Natural Process. So. Kenny, number two. Well, um, we're going to have overlap right here. This The number two is has got to be Tulip House. I mean, we can take a little bit of more time to talk about it here. Um, I was blown away. I was absolutely blown away by this coffee. I uh, had never really had anything like it. Um, and I am, I just, I don't know how you found this place. Like, where did you, how did you come to know the secret handshake speakeasy coffee place in L.A.? Like you go to their website and it's just, I, I don't know. It looks like it was made at HTML 1.0 in 1995 and it's just sitting there. It's great. I know. At least that when we recorded the website had said for location to ask around. Yeah. Like ask around. <laughs> um, yeah. I have a friend here in Portland. Uh, his name's Austin and he's an amazing illustrator. Does, has done a ton of work for a lot of different brands lately and he was the one who turned me on to it. He said, you got to check it out. And Austin usually has a pretty good pulse on things of quality. And so I thought, yeah, hey, if Austin's recommending it, I should check that out. So that's how I came across it. And it paid off. Austin, <laughs> yeah. your I'll advice say. pays off. Um, all right. Well, I guess we should probably just go to your number two. I mean, this... Uh, although the, if anybody knows of any secret coffee shops, uh, I guess, you know, the two people in your life you need to tell <laughs> because we are all about it. Apparently we are. Um, so number two, so my number one, and number two are both tied in terms of rating. Um, okay. I apparently went down even further, uh, in the decimal system. I, it's, I have point. Are you, are you rating out of a thousand now? No, 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 no. <laughs> All right. No, actually, I, I think it is a quarter. I'm, I'm maybe just reading my spreadsheet wrong. Uh, so it's uh, 9.75 out of 10, each of these. Um, so it, it's going to come down to what I just felt at the time when I drank it. And so for me, number two is going to be the coffee that I believe we started with in episode one, our very first introduction episode mm-hmm. from... And I, I mentioned it earlier because I'm drinking it today or same company, White Label Coffee Club. Yeah. They had a washed process. Columbia is a geisha. They is really expensive. It was like $40 a bag Jeez. and it kind of took a risk on it. Um, and it was honestly incredible. It is something that I've thought about ever since. It's something that I recommended to people. It's something that I have no regrets having bought twice. 
Um, I spent a decent amount of money on that bag this year and I'm really happy with it. It was bright. It was flavorful. It was sweet. It was just something that I remember. And that feeling of remembrance is something that's hard for me to shake when it comes to coffee. I think a lot of how I rate and how I think is through the experience or at least the memory of the experience. And that come through in some of the hot button or quick fire questions we've asked each other throughout the season as well to kind of get a sense of that. But yeah, so for me, Wash Process Columbia from White Label Coffee Club earlier this year. Um, wow. That's a, that's a significant investment, but I think it's, I don't know. I, I think we were talking, this is getting ahead of us a little bit, but we were talking with, with Joe Greer at, uh, on the, epi- on his episode. And, uh, I mentioned offhanded, like, uh, you know, don't want to get too into the details of making, of making a fuss about how hot the water is or something like that. And he said, no, but it matters. Like it's, it's important. It matters because you're doing it every day. And, I just thought that that idea is uh, is true, at least between us. It's like, okay, this is a part of our everyday life. Why not make it into something that actually does matter to us and, and we can invest in it and turn it into something that is uh, a beautiful thing that we do. Um, so I, I appreciate that. I, yeah. um, I hesitate to give my number one because I just said a few minutes ago, uh, for those of you who want to rewind and listen to me, I don't like flavored coffees. But the truth is, is that I, I savored that pineapple wash processed coffee. You sent me a hundred grams. I think I had four different cups of coffee out of that hundred grams. <laughs> I had sure. the smallest amounts that I possibly could. It, it is, um, I had n- never heard of it before you said it. So I was obviously a little behind in that, in that game. Um, I, I know that it's something that's been done now for a long time, but but having ever had it before and having tasted it then it was funky and strange and weird. And I just really love going to take a drink of a, a cup of coffee that, and knowing in my brain what to expect, like, Oh, this is going to taste like caramel or vanilla or chocolate or, you know, there's a, here's a handful of tasting notes that I know are going to, or it's maybe it's a floral one, or maybe it's, it's uh, South American. So I know it's probably going to have some kind of lemon or citrus or grapefruit, but then they take a sip and go, holy cow it's like it's like pineapple it was just and funky it wasn't just pineapple it was there's like a funk to it which maybe for people who are listening are like ah, i'm never gonna touch that coffee with a 10-foot pole but it was there was something that was almost like uh yeah i, I don't know it was super surprising um really clean too it didn't it wasn't overpowering or like aggressive but it was um anyway i just really really enjoyed it and the conversation with joshua kissy was phenomenal um one of the highlight conversations for me this year that i've gone back to in my personal life and thought about multiple times so um both because of the conversation but also because of the out of left field amazing coffee that it was is that pineapple wash process that we drank with joshua kissy i believe that was methodical coffee is that right I think yeah, I have that. it listed here. It's a, also Columbia pineapple washed mm-hmm. from methodical, methodical yeah. coffee. Yep. And so, um, high, high recommendation for me to go pick that one out. I know you were kind of cool on that one, right? That was a, that was not one you enjoyed as much the conversation. Yes. But the coffee, not as much. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't that I didn't enjoy it. It was more of that. I think it was something that I have a lot of respect for. And I really appreciated the ingenuity around, but maybe isn't something that I would be, it would be a daily drinker for me. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't label it. Uh, I gave it an 
8.5 out of 10. So a little, still high, but a little yeah. lower. Yeah. Certainly yeah, I an amazing. I, mean, I, I have nothing but the most respect for methodical and the fact that they're doing pineapple and papaya and all sorts of different washes and pushing boundaries of what coffee can be. I think that's really amazing. Yeah. Super good. And I think, you know, um, as long as what ends up in the cup is a, is a tasty beverage, I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> you know, like I'm, <laughs> I'm interested in trying these, these different processes now. Um, whereas before I, I necessarily, I wasn't necessarily. So, um, all right, well, there's, there's the top three. We shared one in common. Um, so there it is. Tulip house has obviously the, the been the winner of the day, but well, I haven't, I haven't shared my top one. Oh, yeah, sorry. You're number one. Let's go. It's true. It's still no, we still only have one overlap though. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number one is uh, based here in Portland. It's something that I didn't know about earlier this year, um, especially when we were recording. And it's something now that I've really come to love about a couple times. Number one is from a place here in town called super joy coffee roasters. It is a, <clears throat> the specific one is from China, uh, Yunnan province. This is the first time I've ever had a coffee produced in China, sourced in China. It's a natural process. Uh, and similar to the tasting notes of the Columbia from White Label I mentioned earlier, it's just like a mouthful of blueberry and strawberry. It's something that wow. is, I don't know if it's the idea that I'm drinking something new from a place I've never been that's really adding to it i know last year my number one coffee was from a place in hawaii and i was like you know maybe it's the experience of going to hawaii that put it in the top for me but i don't know there's something about it this little shop is in a part of downtown that's not the easiest to get to they don't really have any seating it's a really low fi production and you go and you just buy the guy buy the coffee from the guy who's roasting it right there and it's delicious. It is the best coffee I've had. And I would recommend anybody, if you are in Portland or not, check it out. Super Joy Coffee Roasters, uh, specifically the Yunnan China coffee, especially if you like naturals. It's It, it can't be beat. So I, I, that's so interesting to me. I, I didn't know until you mentioned this to me earlier this year that that coffee grew in China, but it makes sense in terms of where where the Yunnan province is. I have been a big fan of tea for a long time as well. And my favorite tea is, um, is a tea from the Yunnan province. Um, it's a black tea that has like silver tips usually. And so it's floral, um, but it's got, it's really like malty. It's a really interesting, good tea. And so I always, if I'm looking for a, a tea to bring home and I look for the Yunnan province. And so, uh, kind of cool for me that I was like, Oh man, I know, I know a little bit about that air, that region, that area, they grow amazing tea there. It's kind of cool to, do that, to know that they do coffee as well. Um, so yeah, I, I've never from seen what, another from what bag I understand, from China. Yeah, no, from what I understand, this is the main <clears throat> province and area that it grows in within China. So that's cool. Uh, whether or not that, you know, how, how much truth there is to that, I assume it's true. I mean, the guy is <laughs> sourcing it from there. Uh, right, sure. Yeah, I, it's, it has been really fantastic. So, so um, we made a podcast this year. That's kind of different. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking about it, you know, January of 2022. So this last January, almost a year ago, I flew out to Kansas City and you and I chatted and hung out in the studio where you're recording this now. And we recorded our first test episode, which will probably never air or see the light of day ever. <laughs> it was bad. <laughs> um, and that's kind of where this idea really started to take flight. Although we didn't really start recording episodes until a few months later, I think, mm -hmm. you know, it's been a year of 
learning and growing and trying new things. And the fact that we created, I think this is what, 10 episodes now or nine, mm-hmm. something like that. I'm really proud of that. It's yeah. been in the truest sense of this, of this podcast being about transformation and creativity and life and faith. This production and the whole everything involved with creating this has really touched on all of those. I think for me, you know, the fact that we had, didn't pick up recording season two immediately after season one, although we had we have a great recap deck and sent us sponsors and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, a lot of life has happened this year. Mm-hmm. I, my wife and I are currently pregnant, about to deliver. You just had your third child. Yeah. You know, you've gone through when we started this whole thing, you had just transitioned to a new job. Um, we started here in Portland, going back into our office at work from home. There's been a lot of transition this year. So it's been a really cool and exciting and rewarding thing to see that we have produced an entire podcast and brand and everything. Yeah. And we're able to speak to the people that we did. And so I feel really I feel really stoked about where we netted out, although there's a lot of things I would do differently and a lot <laughs> of learnings. Um, this has been a, such a rewarding journey and especially to get to do it with you. Yeah. But how's, you know, thinking through the lens of what we're trying to do here and what each conversation has been, how has this podcast been for you? Yeah, I, um, you know, I think it's a, a typical, I don't know. It's like the new, the news let's buy a bar is let's start a podcast. You know what I mean? So, oh, yeah. so there's this, there's this attitude a little bit of like, we're, <laughs> I don't know, we're in our, we're white guys in our thirties. We should start a podcast. And so some of that is laughable to me. And I, I make fun of that uh, quite a bit. I poke fun of myself about that a little bit. In fact, the other day I was in a conversation with someone and, and they said something and I said, well, a guest on my podcast said, and I heard myself say those words and just wanted to shrink back into my own turtle shell. It's like, what a terrible <laughs> phrase to say how, how um, self-aggrandizing. Anyway, all but of that But it's true. Aside, you did have a guest on your podcast. I did. And, and he said profound thing, things too. And it was yeah. great. And all of the guests were amazing. So it's not even, that's not even to say uh, anything negative against the guest. I'm just saying that that's a phrase that I said that sounded a, a little, uh, a, little, a little too much for me, for my taste. <laughs> but all, all of that aside, um, this is in my adult life, probably the first creative endeavor that I've done that is outside the scope of um, a, a work task for me. So like worked at many churches, uh, many places over many years. And, and those caused me to do creative endeavors within those spheres, uh, whether it's design, whether it's speaking and teaching, whether it's creating a video, um, so that has happened. And I've had other things and other jobs that I've done that have caused me to think creatively. But this is the first time um, that I've ever that I've ever done something that is creative just for the sake of doing something that's a creative expression. And I have found so much joy in that. Um, for me, like there was a moment where somebody in my community here said, we should do a listening party for your first episode. And I thought, how strange to set up an event for something that's not church and not work, um, but that is just a creative endeavor that we've done, you and I, Carter, that we've done to um, to talk about faith and life and transformation and coffee. And there are people <laughs> that are interested in hearing these conversations. 
happens and being a part of it. Um, and I can't tell you how many times in the last few months I've been asked, Hey, when's season two coming in person by somebody I know in my community. Um, and there's no church benefit to them. There's no work benefit to them, but it is a creative connection, um, that I've never had before. And so I feel really grateful even to have just, um, gotten something out into the world, you know, um, there's a movie that I really love called high fidelity. I think you've seen it, John Cusack. Um, and he, he and his friends are, are professional appreciators. They talk about the, the music that they like and the movies that they like. And, uh, his, his girlfriend at one point, he, he put, he helps produce an album and his girlfriend at one point says like, um, I think it's really cool. And he's like, what? I just helped some kids make an album. And she said, I think it's really cool that somebody who's been the professional pr appreciator is finally putting something creative out into the world that's vulnerable about that. And there's this idea that, that instead of just sitting back and taking in or consuming something creative, I'm actually contributing something and putting myself out there in a way, um, but also engaging creatively with things. And so for me, it's been a really big transformation process of going, okay, do I actually value what I think enough to say it publicly um mm. <laughs> and to ask questions and to um anyway so and you've done so wonderfully in in the past uh i don't know seven or eight years produced a handful of things whether it's photography or writing or, or different things like that um and so to be able to walk along with you and take cues from kind of how you've done things and um it has been really wonderful and helpful so thank you for uh, including me in this and, and, and walking with me in it. Uh, it's, it's been really fun and really rewarding to put something creative out into the world, not for the sake of building my job, <laughs> but yeah. the sake of contributing in, into creativity. So thanks. It's been great. Yeah. I can't imagine doing it with anyone other than you. People ask me all the time, well, you know, how do you, how did you and your co-host come together? And I was like, man, we just have been friends for a long time. And I said, you know, despite a lot of the concept and stuff, you know, I think coming from my side of the show, a lot of times I tell people like Kenny knows people better than almost anyone I know. And Kenny is able to get to the heart of conversation with people. And I think as you know, if you're a first time listener, if you go back and you listen to any of the episodes, you'll notice how Kenny is able to kind of get at a lot of the the deeper things in some of these questions. And which is amazing because I'm not always that way. I, you know, I can come in thinking like, oh, this is what we need to do. This is how, you know, it's the marketer in me. That's like, this is what we need to do to be successful. These are the kind of questions we need to be asking. These are the kind of headlines we need to write all that. And I think throughout this, it's been easy for me to also think, okay, this is what we intended to do. We intended to have great conversations with people over great cups of coffee, and we did. And I think the way that you asked some of those questions, though, helped remind me of that in those moments of these are people that we're talking to, not just creators, not just amazing artists and cinematographers and, and, and thinkers, but really just down to earth people having great conversations about all these things as if we were in person having them over coffee together, which was kind of the whole intent. And so I appreciate you being on here. I appreciate you too. Like for anyone who's listening, who's never produced a podcast, it's a lot of work. I think if you were thinking, Hey, I'm just going to produce a podcast and I want to do it at X level. Sure. You could just record on your phone and, and put it out there immediately. Easy peasy. But I think if you do want to do something with, intention and and what it, it it can be it can be a lot of work 
And yeah. I think I learned that the hard way um, through everything from how to like what mics to buy or not to buy, yeah. how to record separate audio tracks in Zoom, uh, <laughs> how to upload and, you know, send out that content to all the different publishing sites. We get copyright free music. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of stuff to, despite having musicians on the show. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think there's just a lot that we've, we've learned and it's been a, in the truest sense of the word process, it has been a, a process for me. I think it's also tying it back to faith a little bit for me, you know, it can be easy to feel like from a faith standpoint that I just, I need to be like gung ho all the time, you know, the most in tune with God that I've ever been going to church left and right, praying all the time. And while I want a lot of that to be true, the, the reality of walking with Jesus in, in a life of faith is that there are ebbs and flows and peaks and valleys. And there's times where you're just, you feel like you're crushing it. And there's times where you feel like you're being crushed. And this podcast has been a great reminder of that process too. Like life has looked differently. I've gotten sick this year. We gave you COVID uh, when we oh, visited yeah. you. Um, <laughs> I've been in the best shape of my life. I've been in the worst shape of my life this year. There's been a lot of things that have impacted how this podcast came to life and how my walk with God came to life. And mm. the fact that we're still here recording, you know, it's been time shows though that like it is a journey. It is something that, you know, we do together. Uh, I think of it as friendship and I think of faith in the same way of like, you know, I've never stopped believing. I've never stopped holding on to this idea. And it just looks different in different seasons. And I'm thankful for this uh, creative exploration in project to be a, a reminder of that. Yeah, man. It was so good. I was talking about a couple of favorite moments through the year. Um, you know, just one or two things that come to mind from interviewing our amazing guests. Um, the pantheon of guests in the first season is unfair. Uh, it, it was really good. It was... Um, so grateful to all of them for taking time. Uh, they are uh, creative heavyweights in their fields and uh, just really grateful. I think um, I'll start off with kind of a goofy one for me. Something that comes to mind from time to time is recording with Propaganda and his kid coming in. And it was really like being in his living room, having a conversation with him. Um, <laughs> so I really, uh, I really love that. And he was like, it was like talking to them about I, how much time I'm going to be on the iPad and and you just go, Hey, you gotta let me do my thing. And, uh, I just was really grateful for it. I thought it was really funny, but, uh, it was super fun for me that, that we got to look, uh, into propaganda's brain and also his parenting, <laughs> which is great. I think he was a great parent too. <laughs> yeah. It's the real, it's the real stuff. It was real. It was real. <clears throat> yeah. I think for me, looking back, <clears throat> one of my favorite moments is recording with Jonathan Ogden, uh, from the UK. Totally thought somebody like Jonathan would, be a coffee guy only to find out that he doesn't like coffee. <laughs> and we sent him coffee all the way. I intentionally bought him coffee from the UK. And then he figures out how to make it using tea components because he's a <laughs> Brit. And I just love that. I love that he bought into the experience, figured out a way on his own to make it rather than just showing up and saying, Hey, I don't drink coffee really found a way to be a part of it in some, in a meaningful way. And I just, that was such a fun and exciting moment just to hear about <laughs> him not liking it, hear about him trying it and to kind of then get into the rest of his story through that moment. Yeah. Um, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, another moment that comes to mind for me, um, uh, was our very first episode, Kevin Bolin, 
uh, from St. Frank Coffee and him explaining the idea of setting up a space in a way that people can come and feel rested and healed. Um, and then his, his strange theological idea that God so works out of time that he can bring up a memory and, and cause healing in a moment. You just have to go listen to the episode. It's, a, it's an amazing story. Um, but, but the intention that he has behind the spaces that he creates um, was just amazing. And uh, his stories were great. And he and I are both um, big talkers. So I imagine he and I could get into a room and uh, it could be another four, be a four hour time. Uh, so I just really enjoyed that. And it felt like there was much more room for conversation. So that was another big one for me. Yeah, I think uh, just tacking on to the final favorite moments. I mean, all of these people are individuals I've had some connection to over the years, but we haven't gotten to speak to them in kind of a dedicated way. And one yeah. person I really enjoyed getting to chat with was Sarah Billups, um, the writer yeah. from Seattle. I think, I mean, she has a book coming out next month called Orphan Believers. And it's something I've pre-ordered because I'm just really interested in it. It talks a lot about, you know, Christians and evangelicalism and nationalism and through the lens of her own story. And um, I just loved her connection to coffee and her husband's connection to coffee and, just how she writes and how she thinks. And so for me, it was really a privilege to get to chat with her. And it was also really cool to know that we chose a coffee for her in which her <laughs> yeah. and her husband already had relationships with the roasters in a totally That's different so cool. capacity. And so I, I just enjoyed that conversation in general. Um, yeah. And amazing. I'm, I'm just thankful. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Joshua Kissy's episode for me was, um, was so amazing. This is the last one that I'll say, uh, the, I, the ability to talk to him, somebody who has such a different perspective on life than I do. Um, he, you know, he's a black man who grew up in, in New York city. I mean, that's so wildly different than my experience growing up in a small town on the central coast of California. Um, and his, I have not stopped thinking about the what he said that he had to break the settings of the camera to get it to look right on his his friends that looked like him, and now he's in a space where he gets to help create, um, like with the Google Google phone, the Google Pixel phone, mm -hmm. um, create cameras that capture skin correctly. I was just um, that the poetry in that I just can't stop thinking about it. I thought about it all year um, and just really excited for him and all the things that he's been working on even lately. So. Um, absolutely. Yeah. Well, um, you want to wind this down or do you have another thought real quick? No, I think, okay. I, I think, you know, <clears throat> as we're talking about this last season, it just makes me optimistic for what's to come. Mm -hmm. And for those of you who are listening, you're like, where's season two, where's season two, uh, season two. That's a good question. I haven't, we haven't found it yet. Um, but <laughs> we do have a good idea of kind of where we want to go. I think, you know, if you're a listener, we thank you for listening and, uh, just know that, this next year will look a lot differently for Kenny and I. Kenny has multiple kids. I'm going to enter into a new season as well, two kids, um, and we'll we'll figure it out. But definitely be on the lookout. We do plan on doing episodes of some sort. We do plan on, at least I'm speaking for me. No, Kenny, no, I think you plan we're, we're on in. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hopefully we have some great coffees lined up. So thanks for being on. And if you do have, if you're a listener and you have someone you want to suggest or hear from, shoot us an email, head over to our website, washprocess.com and, you know, shoot us a note that say, Hey, or reach out on Instagram or, or wherever. But yeah, totally. so Kenny, in typical fashion, we end with some 
quick fire questions. I know you got a couple lined up. I do. We only have a couple minutes, so, so let's the pressure do it is on. Let's, the pressure's on. Let's go out in the way that we went in. All right. All right, here it is. Number one, question for you, Carter. What movie always ends up in your top five of all time? Oof, top five of all time. Gosh, I think one movie that I've been thinking about more and more over the years, it's not something I watch as frequently, but the movie First Reformed with Ethan Hawke is one that entered my top five, I think, in 2017, 2018, when it first came out. And it's just one that I continually think about. There's a line in it in which Ethan is playing a minister, the oldest church in the U.S., and he um, talk, is talking about prayer, and he's really going through some stuff. He's just struggling with kind of the church and kind of faith in general and what we're doing as people here on earth. And he says how easily they talk about prayer, those who have never really prayed. And mm. that's something that I think about because like prayer can – the act of praying – feel can feel like work at times it can feel mm-hmm. like pushing through a, and it can feel like something that's grandiose to talk about but actually much harder to do and i just it's just something i think about i don't want to be someone who has the word pray tattooed on my wrist but then doesn't <laughs> actually pray you know and yeah. uh it's it's just a movie I, i've been kind of thinking about for quite a while and i'm sure i could find up different answers uh other films but that's one that comes to mind that's great what about for me you? Uh, yeah for me one of the ones that comes to mind uh is always in the top five usually in the top three is called la vita Ibella. life is beautiful it's an italian film by roberto Benini, released in the mid 90s and um this is a wild ride of a movie it is um one part romantic comedy one part holocaust film <laughs> It's just hard to say <laughs> out loud. In the first half of the movie, he falls in love and and has a family. In the second half of the movie, uh, he's in um, fascist Italy and his family is torn apart by that circumstance. And so if you have a chance to watch it, uh, grab a tissue. It should ruin your weekend if you have a heart. And uh, <laughs> it, it is uh, – anyway, it's just fantastic. The I, the ability to thread the, thread the line between comedy – thread the line between comedy and drama, something that's heartfelt and funny um, and devastating at the same time is phenomenal. So I can't, I can't recommend it enough. It's always in my top five. Um, all right, ready? Real Can't quick. Um, let's just do two. How about that? Let's just do two questions. Uh, instead of our normal five, we only did three coffees. We'll do two <laughs> questions. If you could visit okay. any coffee country of origin, what would it be and why? Where would you go? What do you want to taste? Yeah, I probably would have never said it until this year, but based on my number one choice of coffee, I would love to go to China and visit that region, especially as you're talking about tea, talking about coffee. We're talking about, I think, agriculture in general. It seems like a a pretty big province and and area for that. I'd love to understand. I'd, I'd love to understand as a consumer of coffee, more of the experience and, uh, process of growing and nurturing a coffee, plantation farm and the understanding of like what it really takes i i have a uh, kind of peripheral knowledge of everything that it takes to to make coffee and you know heaps of articles and people we've talked to like kevin bolin about sourcing and all that but overall i i don't have that experience and i've also never been to china and so i would love to actually that's not true i have been to china now that i think about it uh whoops 
but just a totally different part of China. <laughs> um, gosh, yeah, wow. A lot of travel, I guess. Uh, anyway, I would love to go there. That's awesome, man. I, I think for me, um, it's either got to be Guatemala or um, uh, or Ethiopia. Those are the two mm-hmm. that always come back. Guatemala is so unique because it has so many different growing regions. There's eight distinct growing regions in Guatemala, and you could fill up an itinerary of two or three weeks of just going to different places. So I, that would be huge to me because uh, you can t- taste the different things. Uh, but but also Ethiopia having a doing an ethiopian coffee tasting ceremony in ethiopia is uh, a bucket list item for me for sure so those are my two answers with that well i think with that we should probably start wrapping it up um man i'm yeah. uh, grateful for a year of drinking coffee with you and here's to many more um yeah i, I don't know Absolutely. what else to say <laughs> yeah that's really it man thanks for this first year of the wash process here's to right. what's ahead cheers peace The Wash Process is produced by me, Kenny G, and it's written by myself and Carter Moore. Special thanks to Radiant Church, Kansas City, for letting me use their studio. The song you're hearing is called Spirit Blossom. It's by Roman V. Love. Carter is a photographer and writer based in the Pacific Northwest, and I am a youth and young adults pastor here in Kansas City. You can find us on Instagram at The Washed Process, and our website is thewashedprocess.com. Check out our show notes for more information and to see the coffees that we had today. Thank you so much for listening.